Hi, Dee and Lance. This is Carrie. I'm a student and part-time sex phone operator from the Deep South in Mississippi. And I used to listen to you guys all the time, and I've recently rediscovered. And I'm very glad to see that you guys are still doing podcasts and are still the same faggots you were then. So thanks for helping to cultivate this sick and wrong mind and for keeping me company on my road trip this weekend. Um, definitely going to keep watching or listening, and I hope you keep recording. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. Lance Wackerly. Happy Merca Day, Wackerly. Thank you. Well, it's in advance. We're recording the show early this week because Wackerly's got big Fourth of July plans. Well, what are you doing here? <laughs> no, are you I having don't. a barbecue or something? I don't have any big Fourth of July plans. Well, then why are we recording the show early? Um, I'm going to keep it open in case something comes up. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I thought I did, but then they fell through, kind of. That's what happened. So no barbecue at uh, Shea Wackerly? No, 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 no. no. That's Those done. days are over. Those days are gone? Yeah. What are you going to do with the boxes of sparklers that you have stockpiled? I'm just going to make one gi- tape them together and make one giant sparkler. The gayest firework of all. The sparkler. <laughs> I heard on the radio this morning they were complaining about how, like, sparklers actually burn at 1,600 degrees Fahrenheit, and you, you can melt gold with it, they actually said. They're flaming. They are flaming. <laughs> you, know, know, you know there's a normal old-school sparkler that's just, like, a gray stick with some shit on it that burns? But then there is, like, the gay sparkler that's, like, all, like, multicolored. And, like, yeah, it's green and blue. Yeah, and, and then it, it, changes, it changes, changes colors, colors as it goes. Yeah, yeah. That's a gay sparkler. Well, sparklers are just gay if you just think about it. I mean, they, yeah, but I, I mean, they're still even guys that come into your brother's bar. They're all gay, but there's like the gayest one. And I'm just saying, those kind of sparklers are the gayest sparkler. I mean, you know, my favorite, my favorite firework has always been the black cats. Not black snakes. I mean, the black snakes, not black cats. You know, the black snakes. Yeah, I know. Because they're so. I never thought you would have said it was your favorite. They're so fucking lame. I, I just love it because why you're just like, why? Even when I was a kid, you get those because there was the only, you know, like my, my parents were like deathly afraid of fireworks. Like they thought we we're going to blow our fingers off, which is good because we probably would have. I mean, if we got M80s, I'm sure. I mean, I did have some when I was older, but of course you wanted as many fireworks as you could as you get your hands on. But uh, my parents were like, you know, were adamant about keeping them away from us. So the only things we got were sparklers and black snakes. Uh-huh. And I, I just remember being like, God, this is the most anticlimactic firework I've ever seen. And this was a, like, I, I was using words like anticlimactic when I was like six. Right. And I was looking at these fireworks. <laughs> it was anticlimactic. Dad. Sh- shut up, nerd. This is just an anticlimactic firework. My dad would be like, shut up, son, and enjoy it. That's usually what happened. So it's not really your favorite. You're ironically saying it was your favorite. Yeah, but it's just such a lame firework. Some kind of hipster doofus. Like, you'd have it on a t-shirt, and people would be like, you like those? Like, no. No, (laughs) That's why this t-shirt is cool with a snake on it. I think it's just funny that they... I just think it's funny 
that people even so it's, make It's those. like your favorite firework to give to a child and revel in his disappointment. Or to bring to, you know, if I went to a 4th of July barbecue, like tomorrow I'm going to one, um, I'll probably oh, bring like a Somebody pop- does have 4th of July plans. I do. I do have 4th of July plans. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, it's probably going to be, okay, it'll probably be like a level six barbecue. But when I come up, when I show up with a pocket full of black snakes, maybe a few sparklers, a few boxes of sparklers. I don't think they're called black snakes. Eight. I think they're just called snakes. Black snakes. Don't go call them black snakes. People are going to think you're racist. <laughs> well, they're not blue snakes or green snakes. I know. Just call them snakes. But they're Everybody black. Knows what color, everybody knows what the color they are. I don't know. And I don't, don't be like, I've also brought some gay sparklers. Everybody knows they're gay. <laughs> I call those faggot sparklers, faggot lights. <laughs> That's what I call those. <laughs> what about the, what about like the showering cone? Those are pretty lame. <laughs> the showering cone, yeah, but those still shoot off sparks. I mean, they're not as lame as the the, the black know. snake. I think it. I think I prefer the snake. <laughs> Just you know, little sparks coming out of a cone. No. Yeah, I, I think I personally, I think sparklers are the funniest. Because, you know, sparklers you can just shove in somebody's ear or something and burn them, which usually tends to happen when people get really drunk. They, like, throw sparklers on each other and get burns, you know. Never seen that happen. I have seen somebody stick them, you know, they put the non-burning end in their crack, and then they dance around with a lit sparkler in their exposed crack. No wonder you're not having any barbecues anymore, Wackily. Anal burns? It wasn't me. Oh. <laughs> Do you condone that type I know of activity, though, at your barbecues? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, I mean, do do so at your own risk. I imagine. Yeah, I'm, I'm not liable. <laughs> well, speaking of Fourth of July's, Fourth of July festivities, and uh, um, and the holiday and fireworks, the best firework display I remember growing up as a boy was in Bay City, Michigan. And I'm sure you, you went to the Bay City Fireworks. It was a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. Every, uh, every summer, because in small towns, that's really all you got going for it. You get the St. Patrick's Day Parade, and you got the, uh, the fireworks, the Fourth of July fireworks. And it's Bay- usually a Christmas parade, too. Do they have a Christmas, do they have a Christmas parade in, in uh, Midland, Michigan? Oh, yeah. I just said so the reason I look forward to and I'm sure we've talked about this in the past, um, the reason I look forward to the Bay City Fireworks is they always had some washed-up hair metal band that would play the Friendship Shell, like uh, Night Ranger would play, or I think uh, we saw, who did we see back then? A Foreigner played one year. Um, I thought you were going to say Tesla. fights between women. <laughs> well, no, that, but that's the thing. It's like you'd see all these washed-up hair metal bands playing the, the, down, the park downtown Bay City, and then all the Hessians would show up, the mullets and the girls would like, you know, they're, 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 they're pregnant, but they're drinking beer, and then they're getting to fights because of their boyfriends. Hair sprayed up to the moon. Ah, it, was, it was just, it was a great And then they would all, but for some reason, the girls would all fight each other, getting these big melees with, like, five-on-five five girls just pulling each other's hair out and kicking each other in their, like you said, pregnant bellies. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was a fun festive occasion. I look forward to it every year. And uh, one, of the pe- one of the people I used to go there with, like, well, me and Kessler would always uh, call up John Steele. And uh, we'd head over there with John Steele, and uh, he would buy us some shitty Altez beer. And back then, he had like uh, he used to call it the Golden Eagle of mullets. Did you see the picture he recently posted to Facebook of his mullet? Yeah, I did. Um, Thankfully, I, I caught it. 
Yeah, I, well, I was uh, commenting that uh, you know we had a mutual friend that used to call it the sparrow of mullets. Uh, that's what Kessler would call John Steele's mullet, and John Steele would become enraged. He would attack him and make him say it's the golden eagle of mullets. Like uh, he had mm. great pride in his mullet, which amazes me now that he shaved it off and he's bald. But uh, anyway, anyway, I thought because of 4th of July this, this week, uh, why not give John Steele a call, have him be on the show. Um, this is kind of a special guest, a special episode of Sick and Wrong. So we're going to have John Steele on, and then coming up later, an interview I did with a serial killer groupie, this chick who um, has relationships with serial killers. They're on death row at San Quentin. Her name is Samantha Spiegel. So that's coming up uh, in a bit, but uh, first, let's, uh, let's uh, give John Steele a call, and uh, we can talk about uh, 4th of July in Bay City, Michigan. I'm, I'm wondering, who, who do you think's playing this, uh, playing this year? <laughs> Probably one of those same bands that you mentioned. They don't, they don't get a lot of variety. I don't know, Fog Hat? <laughs> Fog Hat. Aria Speedwagon, did you Overdrive. mention that? Well, let's, let's BTO, find out. yeah, they could, they could be sure on the BTO's scene. Playing. Hello? Steele. Hey, what's going on? What's cracking? Stan Lance here from Sick and Wrong. Hey, Stan. Hey, what's, what's happening? What's going on, Today man? I replaced the, the host of Sick and Wrong with a couple of Negroes because you're running on black time. You're supposed to call me half hour ago. Yeah, you like know. I'm not Paula Dean. I'd fire your ass. We're on Obama time, you know? Oh, well, either way. What's get, going on, fellas? Get everything done four years later. Uh, so, Steele, happy Fourth uh, of July. Uh, we're 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 wondering um, who's playing the uh, the Fourth of July Bay City Fourth of July this year. Is it Night Ranger? Is it uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive? Who is it? <laughs> a little BTO, a little uh, ain't seen nothing yet or whatever. No, uh, I don't know if they have a concert for the Fourth here in Bay City. They, they, we have. See, Bay City is a just in the summer. It's just white trash trailer park festival. Like every week, there's something going on. And last week it was uh, River Roar, which is a series of boat races across the riverfront that people go to see. But they always have a big concert then. And yeah, Night Ranger played that. Uh, opening for them, by it. the way, was April Wine and Blue Oyster Colt. So yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I'm not familiar with April Wine and flip flops. What's that? I'm not familiar with April Wine. You've never heard of April Wine? Yeah, what, what's, a, what's <laughs> their sorry. hit song? Yeah, what's the song? Uh, well, they play the, so there's a song, uh, High Rollin'. Uh, like, it's got a really good, you know it if you heard it. And then there's another, uh, what the fuck is it? There's, there's a song that you, everybody, if you graduated in the late 80s or early 90s, there was a song that every fucking junior high dance the high school prom, homecoming. It's like a slow, oh, it like a slow power one. ballad that was played at every fucking slow dance from you know California to New York for about twenty years span. So you've heard. If, I, I don't know the name. I can't think of the fucking name. Not of it, more than words. Oh, that's extreme. No, that's oh, fucking that's ex- uh, oh, extreme. Who the fuck? That's not, no, extreme. that's yeah, extreme. No, these the, the April Wine was late seventies, early eighties, but they had two decent hits. One was kind of a fast mid-tempo hit, and this other one I'm talking about was—it's I, I, on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it. But it, it was played. I, I swear to God, if you were at a junior high dance anywhere between 1981 and say 96, you danced with some girl to this song as you had a very youthful, angry boner. <laughs> I was about to say I probably wasn't listening to the music because I was just trying to not come in my trying pants. not to ejaculate. Yeah, so yeah, Steel, we all were, Lance. Believe me. So, Steel, what happened? I remember when I was a kid in high school. Didn't they have the bands played Fourth of July? Like, when did this River Roar? Thi- well, did they have the River Roar back then? 
No, River Roar, 4th of July, you know, they, they, Bay City is, is such white picker, fucking honky trash. They've been doing firework festival for probably 60 years, but they don't just do one night. They got to bring, they, they figure one night isn't enough of mullets and flip flops and wife beaters and, and, uh, missing teeth and bad oral hygiene. So they figure one night on the 4th, that just doesn't cut it in Bay City. They need, they, they need more. They need a bigger sea of white trash for more than one night, so they draw it out for three nights. Wow! Like so, tomorrow the fourth is going to be like is is like the first day of the fireworks, and then it's it's only like fifteen minutes. Then they do another fifteen minutes the next night, and the third night is like an hour long. But it's never on the fourth of July; it's just whenever. Do they still have the carny? Is there the carnival? Are the carnies still there? Oh yeah, they still set up the fucking the whole thing. The elephant ears, the the spider, the the, the tilt the world. They're all there. Yeah, it's a whole. I mean, it, it's like it's like if you came to Bay City during any of these festivals on the weekend in the summer, it's like you walked into one enormous Walmart. It's <laughs> it's, it's that white trash. It's so bad. It's great people watching. Don't get me wrong. It's fantastic. A lot of, fl- a lot of flip flops. So that can't be good for you. Well, not with men. I don't, you know, again, if it's a chick and she's sexy and she's got cute, sexy feet, I'm okay with that. But any dude, I don't care of any age, no man should ever be seen in flip-flops. They should never expose their man feet because there's nothing. I'd rather have more. I honestly, and I've probably said this before, I don't know, on your show or wherever, but I know I've said it in speaking of this concept. I'd much rather just see dudes walking around with their dicks hanging out than their feet. That's, that's how disgusted they am by their feet. <laughs> Yeah. It's so, it's atrocious. So, Steele, did you pick up any sodbusters at the Night Ranger show? Uh, no, I didn't. I I, I, uh, I saw many of them, believe me. And, and I saw many that were in a drunken state where they would have fucked me without without doing much arm twisting. They, they probably would have fucked me. But I wasn't, uh, I was just there with buddies. We were just drinking you know, catching some Night Ranger, who, by the way, if anybody's familiar with Night Ranger, obviously Sister Christian Sister was their Christian. big song. But uh, their bassist, who also sings some of the more up-tempo songs, Jack Blades, now looks like Richard Simmons. So every time I was watching <laughs> the band on stage, I kept thinking he was going to start pitching Deal with Meal at some point, but he never did. God, yeah, I can't imagine those guys aging well. What, what about Blue Oyster Cole? What do those guys look like? Uh, they look like death, um, <laughs> like grim specters, like Edgar Winters. Yes, they they do not look good, and I'm not even sure. You know, Blue Oyster Cult was one of those secondary bands. You know, they had, they had the song Godzilla, and and you know they had a, uh, yeah they, the Godzilla Reaper. was big, uh, and then they had that other one that was kind of a trippy song. Yeah, and then the again, they're, they're a band yeah, too. The Reaper. Also, yeah, Don't Fear the Reaper was their other big one. But they also had a power ballad, I think, that was played at every fucking high school dance for a 25-year span between 1979 and 96. I mean, there was something, I forget the name of that song, but they, too, had one of those. But they look like hell. But, you know, frankly, I was never a huge BOC fan, so I don't really know who the original members are and who aren't. So they might only have one fucking member. It might be like, like the drummer might be the only original member, for all I know. But all I know is they look like they should all be six feet under. They look like fucking death <laughs> so are you gonna go hit the fireworks all three nights in a row uh i usually only go to the finale it's such it's too much it's just it's so much people watching overload at my age that i i, I really can only tolerate it because i hate people and i'm not a big fan of society in general 
So other than people watching and getting a, a amusement out of watching drunks and, and just, you know, a white guy, a trailer park, uh, you know, male argue with his trailer park girlfriend who's pregnant, who's had five C-sections already. That's all entertaining to me, but I can only take so much of it at one time. So I usually take in the, the big festival the, the the last night of the fireworks, but that's that's about all I can handle at this particular juncture. So the other nights, are you just at home in the dorm room with like some of your sparklers, just having your own little fireworks show? <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting around with sparklers <laughs> and snakes. If you remember what snakes were, they were those you just talk about snakes for chalky. ten minutes. <laughs> we're, we're just talking about snakes for ten ten minutes. I used to call them black snakes. Is that is that like a misnomer? Is that incorrect? Aren't, weren't they called black snakes? Uh, well, that's, yeah, that's well let's point let's point out the I, I feel like that's redundant is what was my point. <laughs> well, you're yeah, saying it's it racist. Like you're talking about a, a a Negro's appendage is what it sounds like you're talking about. But, <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I I used to just call them snakes, but I, I don't even know if listeners know what the hell those are. Do they even sell those anymore? I d- well, I was saying it's the lamest okay, this is what we're talking about. I was saying that sparklers are the gayest firework because they're just gay. And and black snakes were the lamest fireworks. That's that's why I liked them because they were just so lame. Well, I don't even like. I don't even really consider the snakes a firework because when they were just you set them, they were like a <laughs> uh, like a charcoal pellet or something. You set it on the ground, you light it, and then it starts growing like an erect pit, like your pe like if you're fluffing your penis, it starts growing a little bit, and then it breaks off and like it breaks off into like ashes. Ashes, it's like, yeah. It's like, the ash of a cigarette. Yeah, it's it's, it's the stupidest concept. It's, so, it's anticlimactic. It's just a lame firework. But I, I just remember it's up a, your dad's driveway. That's cool. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah, leaves a mark for like months. Yeah, and back then the firework law, like now in the state of Michigan, the last couple of years, uh, a couple of years ago, they they lacked. Uh, they've they've uh, got rid of some of the fireworks laws, so now you can get like M80s and buy some of the shit oh, that wow. you used to have to go to Ohio to buy. Yeah, we we used to, have to go to Indiana or Ohio. You know, in yeah, California, you had to go to the south of the Michigan border. I think they've even outlawed sparklers in California. What? Yeah, that's what I heard. Well, that's typical California shit. They, they don't they don't like anything that goes boom out there. Shit, you can't carry a gun. You can't fucking carry an M80. You can't fucking carry a sparkler. That's typical California. It's a travesty. But, uh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to go write my senator right now. This is this is insane. <laughs> well, in fact, that that law that they changed, like like I said, now you have access to fireworks you didn't have like five or ten years ago. You can buy them in Michigan. So they opened up all these fucking fireworks stores. Now, in fact, right now we're what is it? Uh, July third, as we speak. There's already I, there's douchebags where I live right now at the dorm room outside lighting off. Fucking, uh, you know, firecrackers and M80s and a whole bunch of shit because they, you know, it's, it's July third. We got to fucking get to Russia on the fucking holiday. You should just go out there and join them with your sparklers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fellas, you ever see these black snakes? Hey, yeah, you ever? That was the great about snakes too, because that was like the pre, like if, if if somebody had a family back then. Like I remember when I was growing up as kids, that was one of the main fireworks the dads in the neighborhood would light off for the kids. And you'd drive by on July fifth, you'd drive by, and everybody's driveway would have about a hundred and fifty black marks in the driveway where they lit off a snake. It's, it was so fucking absurd and ridiculous. They also smell awful. Yeah, they smell really bad too. It smells like Auschwitz. It's terrible. So, so steel, steel. Does it smell like burnt juice? <laughs> they Jesus, do kind of. Picked up on that. <laughs> Good lord. Um, so steel, you you got to settle this uh, this 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 bet, this wager that me and Wackley have have going on here. So we were talking about off. This is off podcast. We were talking about sexting because uh, the other the other day. 
this girl that I've been hanging out with was asking me about dick pics. Like she sent me a tit pic and she wanted me to send dick pics. So what I did is I sent her a picture of my balls. No shaft, just balls. Like it was just no, scrotum. No taint the either, you, okay. you, you told me. Which no, I, no taint. I held which the I phone. I thought was kind of a feat in and of itself just to get a pic. So you must have really been, did you take it on yourself? Like you must have really been concentrating on like zooming in to get just the balls, no taint, no shaft, no head. I was standing kind of like a sumo. How hot right? and humid was it at well, the time? Well, it was hot. It was in my, my apartment doesn't have AC, so it's like, oh, you know, humid. except for one room. But I was standing Were like a sumo. Well, no, it wasn't bad wings. I was standing like in a sumo stance, so my testicles were hanging down. Oh, that's a and very, then, very uh, vulnerable position. It, you know, and it's, I'm just trying to be, you know, I'm just trying to paint the picture here. And so then I was holding my, my shaft in my hand so you couldn't see it. And then I was oh just holding goodness. the phone out with my right hand. So all it was was just balls. And she was saying that's, that's not fair. Like I just sent her balls, which I thought, you know well, what I thought of? Well, I thought I was yeah. subverting the dick pic routine, like doing something different, going out. Well, wait, but maybe she meant it's not fair because now she's too horny. That's what I took. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I've never known a girl who looked at a fucking sack of testicles and said, "Oh boy, I gotta." Do they like that. the shaft either? I mean, I don't think they like any of it. Well, so, like, no, I don't think they like the looks of us, looks uh, nude clothes. I don't think they like us. Period. I think they just—it's a biological thing that that they think they need us for something. But no, we're, we're so archaic and utilitarian. There's nothing attractive about us. Yeah, I was surprised uh, she wasn't as attracted or turned on by, by the ball sack. But, but let's, yeah, let's back up here a little bit, though. <laughs> Didn't you say that since when this whole sex thing, which, by the way, is very new age, very modern, and a little too gay for my liking. Well, this, but, is the, uh, this was the overall this is, question. This was is the question. your opinion on it. But there's a meta question, which is, what kind of phone do you have? Do you have a phone that is capable of sexting? What kind of phone do you have, Steele? Because this is the wager that we uh, have going on. Because you guys think I got like a, a StarTech flip phone or something. <laughs> <laughs> is, 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 that what you're, is that what you're guessing? Well, that was D's bet. <laughs> What's that? That, that was, was, that was what I was saying. The year to flip phone, like a razor from like 2002. I like the StarTech reference, though. Those are better. StarTech or StarTech? Star Trek. Well, you're you're both wrong. I have a beeper. Well, you don't even have you don't wait a beeper. That's all yeah, you have, have a pager. pager. The beeper beeper is even the older term for pager. The least called beepers in 1983. <laughs> a beeper. <laughs> that's what that's what they were called before the before all these hipsters took over the term and called them pagers. They were fucking beepers. So how do Who's you the beeper? How do you sex with your beeper? Well, you have to punch in. Like you have to. <laughs> this is how you have to do it. Remember how people used to be creative and they type in a four and then a three and then a seven and a seven. And it would spell hell. <laughs> like that, yes. that's how they would punch it into a beeper, like to be real cute. That's how you had to do it when it was beepers. You had to you had to punch in numbers to spell words. Five like, eight yeah. zero zero eight. What is that? Yeah, <laughs> Boobs. <laughs> boobs. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how we. That was even before. That was even before phone sex. The the sexting on the beepers. But, the but the no, beeper. I, I I I I do not have a. I'm going to surprise everybody listening in the second wrong world. But I have had a smartphone uh, for about a year and a half. Holy All shit! Right. Like an which, iPhone. Which which uh, yeah, yeah well, which smartphone? I have a Droid. Ah. Wow. Okay. I, I think I, I win. Wack, wack, I owe you two high lives. 
Well, I'm, so, I'm glad that my my cell phone was the subject of a bet regarding we, beer. That's fantastic. We knew we knew that the iPhone would be way too, it would give you way too big of gay bumps to have. We uh, didn't well, have yeah, iPhone. that's. Yeah, that's much too. Te- that's too techy for me, and that's too. I've never had an Apple product in my life because I'm. I'm sure they're very similar and compatible. You probably can't even tell the difference between the operating systems on that and, and a, a, a Microsoft, whatever. But I've never had one in my life, and part of it is because everybody tells me I I have to, and every time I turn on TV, fucking Bill Gates or whatever, no, Mike or Steve Jobs or whatever fucking one just died two or three years ago that owns Macintosh and Apple was telling me I have. To to get i this and i that and an ipod and ipad and a tampon and a, it was just it was out of control so yeah i refused to you don't want to get, get i gay bumps no you, exactly they should sell the i fag is what they should sell <laughs> so so still okay you have yeah. a smartphone you have the capability to take pictures of your penis have you ever and received sexed- pictures of 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 gash and titties <laughs> yeah, have you ever sexed butthole? a girl like have you ever sent a dick pic out to a chick I have never, but I have sent several, and I mean numerous, countless pictures of my stool to everybody I know. That's a- I don't know if that counts. It's, it's, it's taking, if somebody's in the scat, I would assume that would be considered sexting. Have you ever, okay, have you ever received a picture of a girl's, you know, spread open vagina or boobs and then sent a picture of your stool back to her? I have not, unfortunately. <laughs> However, believe me, that's in my arsenal. But see, chicks, are, I'm not like for some reason I I don't walk out. Chicks aren't like there's not. I'm not like beating chicks off with me saying I only I had one girl that that I'd never even met in my life that somehow I, I met her actually online and then I, she she was calling me. We were talking for a little while. Nothing ever developed. We never did. I never did a Manti Teo thing or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but but we were talking over the phone for a while, and she kept telling me she was the only girl that ever like even inquired about wanting to see my dick. And I'm like, honey, my it's a dick. It le-. I said, have you ever seen a dick? She said, yeah. I said, you know what my dick looks like? She says, what? I said, it looks like every other fucking dick you've ever seen, <laughs> it's, except it's a little smaller. But over an iPhone, you can. The thing with doing it on a phone is you can do so many things with the angle and the lighting that you can make it look normal size or bigger than it yeah, is. It's, it's so it's not really going to give her, unless I took a fully nude pictorial myself so she could see the entire, my entire person to see how small my wiener was in comparison <laughs> and proportionate to the rest of my body. It's hard to just say, here's a dick pic. That's how big my, you know, because it look, you can make it look bigger than it actually is. Well, I was going to say that, that you could you, you could put thing, you could put you can put things next to it for comparison, like an actual pickle. Like you could quarter. be like, "Here's my pickle next to a pickle," but then then yeah, you, could you, use a gir- you could use is a that gherkin. a jumbo pickle you buy a at the gherkin. fair, or is that a gherkin you're taking off the shelf in a vlasic jar? Well, you you use a gherkin, but you tell her that it's a fair size. <laughs> it's a kosher dill pickle, like a full size. I guess like you could do pickle. that. I guess there's ways you could do it, like put it next to, or even put it next to a ruler, I guess, would maybe be the best uh, judge of size. But I want to go back to, D, you said before she asked about your dick pic, when she wanted to see what you're packing. Well, she, then, well wait, 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 wait um, go, go ahead, finish. What were you saying? Yeah, my, my original thought is she says she felt cheated from that, but didn't you say that she only sent you a picture of her nipple? So she didn't even send you the whole pit. She just sent you the areola and the nipple? Well, she okay, she was asking me. We were talking. This is a thing. She's younger. She's like, uh, I don't know, 
27 or something. And so that's what these young kids today, the kids today, that's what they do. This is flirting for kids is they send pictures of their genitalia. So she sent me a picture of her tits and, and I was like, well, uh, and then I was like, well, you know, why don't you send me uh, pictures of your snatch? And so then she was like, well, you got to send me a picture of your dick first. And I was like, well, you know, I was like, I think, uh, you know, you sent me tits. That doesn't warrant dick. So that's why I sent her the picture of my balls. And that's all I sent her, just a picture of the balls. And she didn't even find it funny. She thought it was unfair. Did the sex thing now, because you just sent her the balls, has the the sex thing ceased? And she's refusing to reciprocate with any pictures until she sees the staff? She thought I was making light of the whole sexting thing. And I ruined it by sending her my balls. So I didn't get a picture of her snatch. You're, this this sounds like a rocket scientist, but you're making light of sexting. Well, yeah, it's sexting. I should be making light of it, but I'm a dude taking a picture of my fucking dick and balls. It's funny. There's nothing sexy about it. It's funny. It's absurd. There's nothing sexual or sensual. It's ridiculous is what it is. It's com- it is completely ridiculous, and that's what I was trying to make the point. I was like, this is such a ridiculous gesture that we're having. It's exchange between the two of us. I'm sending you a picture of my balls because it's that absurd. And uh, she just didn't find it funny. And that's the thing. Like these kids today, no sense of humor, take things too seriously. And they send pictures of their their genitalia as like as a form of flirtation. I don't get it. These kids today that you're trying to fuck, by the way. Well, yeah, they're hot. They're just 26 years old. Why not? (laughs) They're way hotter than people our age, for Christ's sake. Look at us. God damn. Yeah, I don't even want to see some. I think you guys might might be missing a a point, though. She might not really want to see a picture of your cock. But she's what she's doing is she's saying, if I send you a picture of my vagina, you you could go and put it on the internet for the world to see. So I need a picture of your genitalia, so I can at least uh, you know get back at you if you do that. So in other words, Lance, you're saying it's it's mutual blackmail, basically. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And and uh, to go a little bit further with this, I don't know, guys, if you guys know about Snapchat. Oh, where the picture disappears, right? Like Snapchat is an app where, yeah, uh-huh. the picture, it, it deletes itself. You you can only look at it for like five seconds or something. And this is the new thing for sexting. So I've been told. Okay. I haven't used it. So I've been told. But it, So you just take a picture of your dick, you send it, and then the dick disappears? Well, they can only look at They can only like click the button, and it'll only show them the picture for like five seconds, and then yeah, then it dis- disappears. You do. However, you, you could I, take a picture of the picture with your smart or another smartphone, and then you right can there that. you go. There's ways around that. Technology will come up to it, but I think what you're you know I think I really should get some royalty on this because my my erection developed Snapchat years ago because my erection now lasts about five <laughs> seconds and it disappears. <laughs> So I should get some sort of, I think I created this technology unwillingly, somehow <laughs> unwittingly. And now I, I'm not seeing any benefit. Yeah, you, you, should, you should get a cut of this. That's for, that's for sure. I think the reason yeah. girls want a dick pic, and this is what they do with it. They stockpile these dick pics. They hoard them. And then they send them, they show them to their friends on their phones. They're like, oh, look what this guy sent, sent me. Like, I think it's a game to them. Like, who can collect the most dicks? I think so that's what they do. Collecting beanie babies. You're saying girls nowadays fuck the beanie babies. We're not collecting Barbie dolls anymore. Yeah. We want dicks. We want to collect just an array, a variety, a stockpile of of cops. huge and small and medium sized dicks. Just and they can dicks show their friends. Great, bent, it's, it's curly cue. Yeah, and they, and what they do is they is they compare dicks like when they go to Starbucks or whatever with their girlfriends or they go to a cafe. She's like, oh, look at this one and look at this one. I got this one the other night, and then they compare them. 
I think See, that's I don't like do. the sound of that because I this you just persuaded me because if I ever even I never even had the thought cross my mind that I'm sending a picture of my dick to anybody because nobody wants to let's face it my dick nobody wants to see my dick but if I if I ever got to the point where you know maybe this chick wants to see my dick I'm going to send my dick uh, you just persuaded me there's no way I want to send my dick if I know they're sitting around fucking uh, you know big B coffee comparing dicks because I know my dick is going to be the, the butt of the joke. So you're going to say, look at this guy's dick. <laughs> Holy shit. That thing, look at it. You can't even see it. Like, I don't want to be that guy. I'm already that guy. I, I'm, I'm, I already tell people my dick is small, but I certainly don't want a bunch of catty cunts sitting in a coffee shop talking about how fucking ridiculously small and ugly my dick is. Steele's got the comic relief cock. <laughs> Guarantee that's what's going to happen. Like all the that's girls so will cute. just start cracking up. Oh, it's such a cute little thing. Oh, yeah, no, it terrible. is adorable. I mean, it's it's cute, but not in a in a like cute like cuddly kind of way. It's cute in a way. It's cute in a funny kind of way. Like holy shit! Because I got a huge urethra hole. My whole my pee hole is is you know huge compared. I mean, compared to the head of my penis, my pee hole proportionate wise to the the head is is enormous. So and it already like has a funny McDonald's look to milkshake it. straws. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It, it, exactly. That's, that's pretty much exactly what it is. Yeah. Disturbing mental image. On that on that note, we got we got to move on. So, um I was talking about earlier that uh, I did a did an interview uh last night actually with this girl. She's a serial killer groupie. You heard about these type of girls, Steel? No, but I'm very turned on by them. So a few weeks ago, Richard Ramirez, Night Stalker, he died in yeah. uh, on death row in San Quentin. This guy had like legions of adoring female admirers like these girls loved him they wrote him pictures sent them or they uh, they wrote him letters sent them pictures uh sent him like gifts gift packages to to night stalker on death row and uh, he can't they, he can't get sex though because they get, they're not allowed to have cell phones well right 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 and so so they consider these girls these admirers of serial killers to be uh murder groupies so anyway i um a friend of mine interviewed one for a reality show, and so she put me in contact with her. Her name's Samantha Spiegel. Uh, she's been on the Today Hello. Show. She was on um, – she's been like SF Weekly, a couple other magazines. She was briefly engaged to a guy well, – actually, you might remember this guy, John Mark Carr, who's the, the oh, guy yes. – remember the guy oh, from – Oh, yeah. The guy who – in Thailand, can, and then they, th- they thought he uh, murdered Elizabeth Smart or something. No, Not no, Elizabeth he, Smart, the other one. John, John Benny Benny Ramsey, Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah. He falsely confessed well, he didn't to murder. That. He claimed he did, right? He wanted a bunch right, of press. They, yeah. It was a false you know, confession, though. Like he, uh, I mean, he, he confessed. He claimed that he did, and he got all this notoriety, but then they, they disproved it. I don't even think he was ever charged with anything. No, they, they, they brought him in for questioning. If I remember, the only thing I remember to him is his pants. He wore extremely high. Like he wore his <laughs> pants right below his breasts. They were, in fact, somebody, I don't know who it was, but somebody phrased them. We used to refer to him as Captain High Pants. <laughs> well, apparently, uh, this this girl Samantha Spiegel, the murder groupie, was uh, attracted to Captain High Pants, and she they were engaged for a period of time. So, uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to play this interview, and you can find out about her engagement to um, to, to John Mark Carr, who was he just looked so much like a creepy pedophile. That guy. Oh, the, he, he, he that's has, why everybody he, believed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he looks like a pedo. There's no question. Did oh. not surprise me that uh, you know that he was caught in Bangkok. Um, which is like the uh, that's like Mecca, name, yeah. yeah, that's Mecca for <laughs> for uh, creepy pedos. Anyway, I'm gonna play this interview here with Samantha Spiegel, and uh, when we get back, we have some is that gay calls uh, coming up. Before that, uh, here's a word from our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. Hey kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah. 
Then go to adamandeve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. Hi, Samantha. Yes, hi. Hey, how's it going? It's D. Simon calling from Sick and Wrong. Uh, everything's going well. Just uh, working and smoking like a chimney. How are you? Working and smoking. That is that, that is always fun to do. I'm doing good. Thanks for being on the show tonight. Um, I'm stoked. Yeah, no with, problem. My, my friend uh, Lenora Claire was like interviewing you for one of those reality shows. I'm not quite sure which one. Yeah. It, and she, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it either, but uh, she, but she said she was like, "You got to talk to this girl. She's perfect for your show. Fascinating <laughs> individual." And yeah, I'm actually quite stoked to have you. Also, I read an article in the SF Weekly that they, oh, they wrote about you a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, I guess the theme of this article is uh, your penchant for uh, dating serial killers, or um, as, as they termed it, killer groupie, being a killer groupie. How, how do you feel about that label? Um, I, well, I certainly did not give it to myself. Um, actually, the funny thing is that article te- technically was not supposed to happen. And the the author, um, Ashley Harrell, who decided to spend a couple of days just observing mm-hmm. and hanging out with, and with me and my best friends at the time... Um, she was supposed to write an article on my ex-fiance, nutcase John Mark Carr. Um, he confessed to killing John Bonnet Ramsey. Yeah, John Mark um, Carr. Um, actually, we we talked about this guy in Sick and Wrong. Like this is back probably '06. Was it '06, '07? He confessed falsely, though. Yeah, it was to, to killing John Bonnet Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. But then Fucking again, I, I'm friends with so many people in the investigative team and, and that are involved with that. Um, um, I, uh, he's, he's a dangerous guy. He just, you know, the thing that he does um, that makes him seem so harmless, and I mean, he is ridiculous. He's uh, a he creepy looking guy. I mean, he, he, well, he is. Like, if you look at that monkey. guy, well, you look at that guy and you're like, I mean, I, I could look at that guy from across the room. I'd be like, "That guy's a pedophile." I mean, he's got that pedophile look about him. Yeah, he he does. Um, the thing is, though, he uses his, um, you know, being so like we just he 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 purposefully is you know does the certain things that he does, so it's hard for people to believe that. Um, like really, this this broad got a permanent restraining order against this guy. Like he doesn't look dangerous at all. But they don't know his history. They don't know what he did to one of my friends, his his very first wife, Quintana. They don't know. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I had to do a lot of um, shit. What is it called? Due diligence with my attorney mm-hmm. to get permanent restraining order, and um, which is really very hard to get if you don't have someone like Robin Sachs, you know, representing you. Um, if the judge didn't think that, you know, he was a threat, a, yeah, an imminent danger, well, you know. Well, I wanted to get to, I was going to get to this in a bit, but might as well talk about it now. 
How how did you become engaged to that guy? Was it after he came out in 2006 and uh, confessed to killing JonBenet Ramsey, and then you know everybody, you know, then he was, it, it was everybody freaked uh, out. Then he was. I think they, they they investigated his claim, and they're like, "Okay, you're lying. You're an well, attention he's whore." Still being investigated, but yeah, um, it happened. Um, I feel like the, the the timeline of my life is rather complicated. I'll try to explain it kind of well. Um, um, so I didn't talk to him in 2006. I was, um, I mean, I kind of had this, like, um, I, I had this thing for him when he was, he looked a bit different and when he was a, a teacher's aide for the grade below my class at convent. And, um, was this before was all so- the JonBenet shit? What when what? I when I first met him? No, I mean, was this before all the John Bonet debacle? It, no, this is after. And okay, this I, is after. Then I um, it happened. Um, let's see, we we got back together in two thousand and eight. It took me a long time to like get the courage to to contact him, and you know, I, I wanted it to be perfect. Um, so um, yeah, two years. It took me. Um, and then I was sent away to rehab for 17 months. And when I came back... Um, was it for I mean, drugs? I, I, or what did you go to rehab, what'd you go to for? Rehab for? Um, I went for um, hard drugs, pills, oh, okay. behavior, shit. Um, it wasn't for yard. dating creepy pedophiles? Well, that was actually, um, you know, my my mom said that was, like, pretty much the last straw. I mean, um, I, I put my, my parents and my family and my friends through a lot, and uh, understandably, had, <laughs> they, had I not been to rehab at that time, um, it would have turned into the Stockholm syndrome sort of situation. When we, when I was working with my attorney, we were focusing on mind control because that's exactly what he did. But, you know, um, I was lucky enough to get plucked out of San Francisco and, um, so, uh, away, so but- the, the article in the SF weekly discussed your relationship with John Carver. It also mentioned that you've interacted I don't know if dated is the correct term, with, with several other uh, uh, convicted felons, convicted murderers, uh, Richard Ramirez, um, Richard Allen yeah, Davis. Yeah, I actually just got, um, I, uh, for the pilot of the show, um, um, I, uh, they did film uh, me uh, getting uh, tattooed. I have one for... Um, uh, Rick, uh, we'll just differentiate right now. Uh, Richard Allen Davis is Rick, and R- Ricky is Ramirez. And um, I got a tattoo for, um, you know, kind of have, you know, for for Ricky um, as well. Um, and uh, so, so per, per, oh, just what? for the audience here, Richard Allen Davis uh, he, abducted he murdered and murdered Polly Class in uh, in the Bay Area, right, in 1993. Yeah, in Petaluma, 1993. Petaluma, yeah. So um, one year, a crazy twist is my my lawyer is like best friends with Mark Class, so it's just very. Like, everyone knows everybody in my life. It's very bizarre. Um, yeah, that's weird. So, so define is, the relationship um, to me, though. I mean, what what. How how did this relationship start? How would you define the relationship well, you had with, with um, these people? 
I mean, just in general, the way that that communicating with any of these people, and I also contacted women as well, um, it was, um, I guess, partly due to a bucket list that I have. Um, I'll I'll do anything once or more, usually. <laughs> I like it. Um, and then at one point I had been... Um, uh, I was enrolled as a psychology student, and I was very interested in forensic psychology. And um, so I is this just, like extra credit or something, reaching out to serial killers? No, it, it was like you know I could read. I mean, I, shit, I've got coffee table books, you know, in my condo about serial killers and stuff, and I could read, you know, um, uh, things and uh, psychology, you know, publications and. I could do all of that, but I just wasn't getting enough, and I just decided take it to the next there's level. There's nothing better than going straight to the horse's mouth. So how did and you start also, it? How did you initiate? I'm, I'm a very, how did I? How did I what? How did you initiate these relationships with, like, with Ricky or Richard Ramirez or Ricky Davis? Ricky. Well, um, I well, if you asked me this three years ago, I would. I would never have thought, um, probably, yeah, I definitely would not have thought that I would, it would have turned into what it turned into, into dating them, and I'm still dating um, uh, Rick. I'm actually going to visit him this Saturday. I visited well, him. Okay, well, you're still yeah, dating right now, Richard Allen Davis. Yeah, so- I, um, so it started, um, yeah, so I did my research. Something surprisingly that people and, and journalists, like, didn't ask me, which I thought was weird because I, I think it's kind of an interesting question is how do, how do I, uh, do I write to just anybody? Do I only write to famous people? Like, what, how do I decide who I'm going to write to? Um, so I did my research, um, I, you know, got all the CDC numbers and, um... But what's the criteria here? Like, I mean, does it have to be a murderer? Could it be, like, an armed robber? Could it be... I mean, is it a notorious crime? Like, what are you looking for? Usually, I mean, they they all just happen to be very famous, but I think that's because the crimes are so heinous that they kind of warrant their own um, kind of... um, just a uh, section of, you know, crime crimes, and, and yeah. Well, severe, I mean, and, again, um, severe crimes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I've been thinking about it recently. Like, why why would I write to Richard Ramirez, who was a serial killer, but I have absolutely, you know, no interest and in, um no desire um, to write to, say, Scott Peterson. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that because it seems like a lot of these guys are all in San Quentin or Bay Area, uh, you know, comics. Yeah. So, I mean, is yeah. that part of is the proximity another reason why that, you, you want to start a relationship yeah, with them? Kind, yeah, kind of. I mean, I, I wrote to more people um, actually. What about Manson? Like, Person. Oh, no, I get hate mail from him all the time. <laughs> well, you I get actually, hate mail? You know, yeah, I get hate mail. It's um, He was the very first person I wrote to. Obviously, at the time, I was extremely um, interested in 
the, the Manson family um, and, and Charles Manson himself because I, I think I was also trying to figure out what I had been through myself with my ex-fiance, John, and and the cult and um and the this mind fuckery that you know just the control so I yeah, think the, I the, the manipulation so we, so you went to the source Charles Manson I did but um you know and I read Vincent Gliosi's book Helter Skelter it's a good book and um but I was I was just so you know I'd never done it done this before I didn't know you know What's the, you know, best the way to write, you know, yeah. For, yeah. Was he the first, first he's letter. the first guy you wrote to? First person in general, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I was young, I was naive, I got ahead of myself. Uh, I didn't think very clearly, um, so I, I, I learned a lot from my mistakes from the letter I wrote to Charlie, as well as, um, like, Leslie Van Houten and Patricia Kronwinkel. But, I mean, um, what was the tone of their... Did, did they all send a, a letter in response? No, the uh, Kronwinkel and Van Houten, they uh, did not. And I think that's... I mean, you know, it's been long enough. I don't think that they will remember me, and I'm going to, you know, do a whole new strategy. Um, but I think... Um, yeah, it was definitely on my part um, a reason why I didn't get a response from the women. And then with Charlie, I was just an idiot. I, How did Charlie respond? What was the tone of that letter? Um, well, <clears throat> well, I can tell you the hate mail is... <laughs> it seems so personal. Uh, lots of swastikas, um, <laughs> lots of, like, uh, very... Um, I, it's uh, it's Charlie. I mean, some of it makes no sense at all. You know, have you ever seen a video of him? Um, I, I love when you I love when you see the video of him at his probation hearings. And just like, <laughs> right? okay, screaming oh about God. like Jews and Nazis and the race yeah. war. You're just like, okay, get get back in your cell and shut up. Yeah, <laughs> for another it, it, fifteen it, it, years. It's irritating, and you know, and so I thought, you know. Um, yeah, he was very, very smart. But, you know, I moved on to um, being fascinated with another uh, serial killer who I actually found out is a cousin of mine, uh, Ted Bundy. Um, who well, you're related is real, to Ted Bundy. Think, well, yeah, I, I'm kind of a, a, a woman of many trades. Um, uh, and so one of the things that I do is I'm a historian and a professional genealogist. And, um, yeah, Ted... Yeah, Ted <laughs> Cousin Ted. Um, But that guy, you know, that guy was an attractive serial killer. Like, he had legions of female fans, like female admirers. Oh, yeah. I went away with women, that guy. If I had been alive, but he was like a cousin. Oh, yeah, that would have been a little incestuous. Yeah, but... So, so, um, you know, um, Samantha, I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, you're an attractive girl. I've seen your pictures on uh, Facebook and and in the SF Weekly article. Did you ever send them, like, naked pics or titty pics or anything like that? um, Well, never kitty pics because I would get in trouble for that. Do you get in trouble for doing that? Really? Yeah, even if if you you, uh, uh, send an underage photo of yourself, say, to like I did with my uh, ex-Michael self, um, um, 
not like very, very young, but, you know, under 18, um, yeah, you can still get charged with, um, uh, what is it called? Um, uh, what, soliciting a pedophile? Um, uh, well, What's a crime? Possibly that, but um, basically, um, you know, uh, entrapment. Is that what it'd be? I don't know. But uh, but so, I mean, you were nineteen though when you were talking to Rick Davis uh, and uh, and Ramirez, I right? When I started talking to all of them, yeah. So that but, I mean, you're of age. Yeah, it's just like it's it's just like any other relationship, you know. Obviously, it's it's different too because they're you know in prison, incarcerated. But, um, huh. Well, they're incarcerated and they're also violent criminals. Those are two different Um, um, aspects of this relationship. Say that because you know they're it's prison dating that it doesn't it count at all. But you know it you've got obstacles and everything. But you do everything you would do in a regular relationship to you know keep the you know keep it alive and you know, passionate and um, intimate and everything. And, um, and uh, you know, they also haven't, you know, been around women in a long time as well. So, you know, they, they appreciate the pictures. I know um, Rick, he, I'm, I'm covered all over his wall. What? I mean, I'm sure they appreciate the attention because, you know, what do these guys do all day? They sit in a cell yeah. surrounded by other men. So they got a pretty girl writing them. I'm, I'm sure that's like the highlight of their day. Yeah. And that kind of brings up something that um, I, um, you know, there are, I'm sure you know the website, like Murder Auction. Um, yeah, we actually interviewed that guy a while back. I'm not quite sure which episode it was, but we... Which yeah. one? Because one friended me on Facebook. and he was, <sighs> I like, can't remember his name, huge. but he had a very yeah. monotone voice, if I recall correctly. <laughs> Just, yeah. just like there are no highs and lows, it was just, just monotone. Well, so things like, you know, there are, um, there are, I, I, these men, well, I can't speak for all incarcerated men on death row or, or anything, but, um, you know, they're so cut off that, um, I mean, they're looking, you know, for, if someone's going to write to them, What's the point in like a like a, a a one-time letter? You know, because someone wants to get their their rocks off and and say, "Oh my God, I received a letter from this famous killer," and and that's all they want. And um, I have very I have I have a lot of um mm. um I guess I I don't condone that. I don't like it when people take advantage of, um, and it doesn't matter if they're serial killers or whatever, but I don't like it when people, you know, just communicate with them for cheap thrills and and, and do it like once. For me, it's a commitment thing. Is it a thrill or is it personal gain? Like, are they trying to sell these auction newsletters on eBay or Murder Auction or those sites? Completely both. For me, I honestly, and you know, people can believe whatever they want to believe, but I mean, I think um, the fact that three years later, I'm still, um, you know, uh, talking to and still dating um, Rick and, well, now Ricky, Ricky's uh, dead, but, um, and I'm, like, extremely committed. I I think that says something about the fact that, um, 
It's, it definitely says um, something about you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so have you ever visited him at? Uh, he's in San Quentin, right? Have you ever been there? Yeah, yeah. I, I told you. Um, I went. Let's see. I have one this uh, weekend, and I went um, most recently uh, about a week and a half ago. A week. Are there ago. conjugal visits for people who aren't married? How does that work? <laughs> Not for death row. Oh, so for death row, there's no um, conjugal visits at all? Yeah. Even if you're married? Yeah. Oh, wow. And you can thank fucking Tex Watson for that. He certainly, um, and and not just him, but he he fathered, what, like four kids uh, in, uh, where is he, Oregon or Washington? I can't remember. Um, but um and and talked about it in uh, I think it was like his memoir or something that he wrote uh you know while he was in prison and um I think there are only uh four or five states that allow conjugal visits for, for death row, death row. Hmm. yeah well, California is um, not yeah. one of those states that's harsh yeah which I kind of I I kind of think it's surprising um but um yeah. So. So you visit Ricky. Is there uh, any like? Say, if you guys are in a relationship, is there any sexual uh, contact yeah. at all? Yeah, we have physical contact. I mean, obviously, like there's like he can't like finger me or something. <laughs> <laughs> but but he can yeah. like kiss you. You guys can make out. Um. It always depends. Literally everything from clothes to just, you know, how things are running in the prison to, you know, what you can do in your visit. It really depends on who's working that day, like how many people are, are there, like how, uh, how closely they're paying attention. Some days, I mean, I've seen even um, just in processing, I've seen, because um, they're very, very strict uh, with the dress code, at San Quentin, um, there have been days where uh, I've seen women uh, get through uh, wearing clothes that are totally like, totally inappropriate, and, and, like a thong, and prohibited. You know, but so it it always depends. You know, hmm. and also um, uh, I <laughs> um, I have to be a little more careful about the photos I send him now. Um, so because, you're sending uh, naked photos then. Yeah, and I sent him photos of just everything. I mean, I also recently just sent him um, p- pictures of um, his uh, father's uh, grave and his sister's grave um, because I asked him if his his father's uh, birthday was uh, very uh, recent, and so I asked him if he kind of he wanted me to like leave flowers or anything. Um, but, you know, I send pictures of anything, but it, it, that also, you know, depends on who's in the mailroom. And for years, I mean, I, 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 you know, people were very, very kind to me and let Rick have pictures. Definitely probably should not have, not have gotten been through. able to get through. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that changed, uh, that changed, um, I've got some, uh, let's see. Does he send you dick pics? Well, one, no. (laughs) What he did do was, um, so he's on, he's on, um, dick book, like dick pic book. He's on a, 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 
the bottom tier because uh, he has a medical condition because he um, was he slipped his disc like back in the nineties and so he takes um, every day he has to take um, oxycontin and um, he Would gets he slip a his little... disc killing polyclass. Uh, what did he slip his disc like killing polyclass? No, it no. was I After? think like some sheet metal oh. like thing in uh, prison. Um, something happened. He fell. I can't remember. Um, but so um, he gets a bit loopy on, <laughs> <laughs> on um the, his medication, and he um uh <laughs> he sent me this this uh, <clears throat> tracing of uh, his. Direction after um, I, after he receives a, a package of photos. <laughs> so wait, he so, drew um, he drew a tracing of his dong and sent it to you. That's I mean, romantic. Best, I mean, well, he was he was pretty high on oxycontin, you know, his meds. And hey, you know, it's the best he can do. You know, I well, I'm sure he doesn't have pictures. a digital camera or like an iPhone. No. Yeah, so I mean, what, what do you expect? So, Samantha, tell me about this. Have you heard of the term hebristophilia? Do you, have you heard that term? Yeah, I'm a hebristophilia. So, so it's someone who's turned on by, by a person who committed violent crimes. Yeah, I think... Um, so what's the deal with that? Why, why does that turn you on? Well, it, it's a psychological... Um, it's, a, it's a psychological uh, disorder, technically. So, um, and... It's a sexual paraphilia, so I can't. It's considered a paraphilia. I don't know, but I mean, does um, it does it make you aroused to know that he like you know killed this little girl, Richard Class? No, it's more. Or Richard um, Davis killed Polly Class. Yeah, he killed Polly Class. Um, no, it's not that real. It's just, um, it's just, um, it's how do I describe it? Um. I would just say it's more confined to just probably just bad people. And and it's not just, you know, honestly, like Rick and Ricky, they have, you know, my mom, she's so pissed about this. I just finally told her like a couple of weeks ago, she's like, do you still write to these men? I'm just like, no, you know, because my mom and I were pretty estranged. We don't get along. Um, but I can imagine something um, like this causing a rift in the mother-daughter relationship. Well, we, we have a horrible relationship. It's actually um, a lot of people in TV and film are very interested in covering, um, actually. That's how that's how bad it is. Um, hmm. But um, I, I mean, she says, you know, these men are just, they're just out to manipulate you and uh, they're, horrible men and everything and you know the people the men that have really hurt me like emotionally mentally and physically have been people have been men that are or or friends that are you know like outside you know they have never ever hurt me we've Rick and I have only had a fight once uh and it was just a silly, I don't know, like, I, I think, um, because I've done so many crazy things, and I've learned a lot from mistakes I've made in the past, but, um, I'm, I'm 
pretty fucking good at being able to. Um, I mean, do these guys make you feel? But do these guys make you feel better about yourself and your own psychological maladies? Like, because you're like, well, at least I'm not um, that guy. I mean, that guy killed you know, fifteen people, and wrote no, Satan I mean, and blood on the wall. Kind of, no, I never think of them like that. I mean, I mean I'm grateful I'm not in prison, um, and. I am proud of the fact I've never murdered anyone, um, but... But you don't have violent don't, fantasies about murdering people? I mean, maybe, maybe is that oh, part of the attraction? Oh, everybody does. Everybody, everybody does. And some people won't admit it. Sometimes I've had, like, really serious and very, 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 very serious, you know, thoughts of, you know... I have thought murders every something. day. Yeah. I mean, honestly, um, I don't know if I should say it on... Uh, yeah, you might not want to but, be recorded saying it. But no, I yeah. understand. It's a, it's a very common thing. It, there's a difference between thinking about it versus acting upon it. But what I wonder is, like, you know, a lot of uh, uh, people say, like experts say, is that uh, women go for these, these evil, violent men, these serial killers, to vicariously experience these fantasies that they have. Like, do you think yeah. you have – are you vicariously yeah. acting out these death, murder fantasies through – no, relationships. No, I'm not. I think um, I think I'm kind of a, in in some ways an exception to the rest of all these so-called killer groupies, murder groupies. Um, especially um, after Ricky died. Um, with you know during Ramirez, during Lawyer Ramirez, I've never liked her. Um, she's you know I'm I'm not. Delusional. I mean, she stood there like after she got married and said, "Oh, my husband is innocent of all the crimes that he was charged with." You're referring to Doreen Loy, the journalist who married Ricky Ramirez. Yeah. 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 She um, she refused to believe it. She was deluded. I mean, even though there was she, overwhelming she's crazy. evidence. I mean, her family was. Her, she she like I'm not her. You know I. Ricky and Rick, um, well, Ricky knew and respected the fact that, you know, I, I, I don't condone, you know, any, I didn't condone any of the crimes that he committed. I wasn't, like, impressed by it. I wasn't, Did he um, brag about it? I mean, did he talk about them with you? Like, you know, send you a, no, our, like, Rick, it's really just about us. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it kind of, you know, um, yeah, we, we focus on us. Hmm. So, so do I mean, you have, yeah. do you have relationships outside, outside. of serial killers? Like, <laughs> yeah. do, do you ever date guys that like a guy that's a banker or a guy yeah. who uh, works at Starbucks? And very, very, very successful, uh, men and women as well, um, Oh, so you, um, so you, okay, so you're not monogamous here with uh, with Richard Allen Davis. Well, I've got a physical and sexual like needs, but um, and Rick knows that. Um, and um, what do the know, other guys think of uh, your relationship with Rick? Well, it depends, you know, like how long I've known them, and I, I mean, at this point, everything about me is pretty much like public record, um, you know, um, I, I, most people don't get it. I'd say like 99% of the people, you know, that I know don't get it. Um, 
Uh, it well, has. A I mean, thing in the past, like one time, someone like set me up on a date, and they're like, "Yeah, I need to stop focusing on Rick and stuff," and and then um, the guy canceled because uh, he had googled me, and of course, there's all this crazy shit on Google. Um, yeah, I know. I just googled your name, and the first thing that came up was that SF yeah. article. I I used to like way back um, when I was like pretty much constantly in, in, in the media, um, you know, um, it was hard not to look myself up and just read what people were saying. Um, I don't do that so much anymore at all. Um, because it's it got to be a bit depressing. Really kill yeah. Me. yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Um, but you got to admit, it is a little unusual for a girl to uh, have a relationship with a convicted murderer. Yeah. It is a little weird. So, uh, okay, yeah. um, uh, before I take up any more of your time, I want to ask you, t- tell me, okay, I'm going to give you a few names here, and you can tell mm-hmm. me if you find this particular murderer attractive or not. Okay. All right? Uh, Charles okay. Manson. And I'm talking back in the day, like in the 60s. Um, I think... Would you go there? Um... I I probably yeah I would have been I would have been you would have been a Manson probably, girl I, I would have been a Manson girl yeah you, see, you seem I a mean, little was, bit I too I was really lost with John John is basically Charlie just well I mean you're really, young you were young and I think uh, you're vulnerable at that point okay what about uh, Ted Bundy even though uh, he is your cousin which I didn't know uh, when you wrote yeah, this down Ted Bundy yeah, yeah you find him yeah, hot definitely uh, Dahmer Jeffrey Dahmer um. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, he wasn't, like, terribly attractive. When he was, um, much younger, before he got, uh, chubby, uh... He was more attractive? uh, Yeah, but, you know, I mean, he was... I don't think you're his type. Yeah, I don't think you're his type. (laughs) Yeah. But but you know what, though? Everyone always says, like, uh, that dude was almost, like, just too creepy. Like, you know, he kind of went above and beyond the creepy level, like... To the yeah. point where, you know, he, he was, like, drilling into people's skulls, making zombies. Uh, what about Ed yeah, Gein? Like, who? Ed Gein. Uh, he is, he was hideous, ugly. But <laughs> he was also retarded. Probably like didn't probably like work. Creative. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Andy, wasn't he, like, uh, he was, like, a tailor or something? I know he could sew and make lamps. Uh, what about um, Scott yeah. Peterson? Um, for some reason, I just hate that guy. Like, and I don't think he's attractive. I, he, I, there's Women nothing love that guy. intellectually stimulating about him either. There's, um, I don't know what it is. I don't, I know people say, which is Samantha see in these guys, but I don't know. I always wonder what these women see in Scott Peterson. He seems like such a bro, you know. He's just like a frat boy, bro type of dude. Exactly. Guy owns a boat, you know. I mean, he's yeah. Look at him. He's, but I can he's understand. Pretty boring. That. Uh, what about Charlie Starkweather? Do you remember that guy? Uh, vaguely. Charlie Starkweather um, was the kid who, with his girlfriend, uh, what was that Oliver Stone movie? It was loosely based on the the story of Starkweather. Um, can't think of the name of it right now. Where they they basically went on a murder spree through the country, and there natural born killers, natural born killers, that. yeah, natural oh born my killers. God, I love that movie. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Charlie Starkweather was uh, totally. 
the, the story of that movie is based on it. So he was kind of an attractive guy, dashing young fella. Uh, what about Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer? Um, ooh, um, that's West Coast. I was actually I was I was writing about that in my notebook the other day. Um, he's not like okay. Well, I, I did look up pictures of him when he was very young, and he he wasn't ugly, but um, uh, there's some sort of appeal. Um, something that appealed still appeals to me about him. Um, he picked up a lot of no, prostitutes. I, that guy didn't drop I, him I back see off. I'm like writing the sons, <laughs> <laughs> but he's not. He's not as attractive as Ted Bundy. I get it. I get it. All right. Well, Samantha, thanks for talking to me. Just, you're a fascinating yeah. individual. Uh, very interesting. Can I promote anything for you? You got a website, a book in the works, anything like that? Well, I'm uh, kind of in the middle of. Or, kind of just starting writing several books but um nothing solid yet but um was it a memoir uh, is it a story about your uh about is it like a uh like a love story here about a relationship with a serial killer uh one's gonna be a memoir one another one's gonna be a memoir of my father who was um a very famous attorney and um my father died uh last it's almost gonna be a year um sorry to hear that yeah he died last year um and um, also, um, uh, at some point, I'm probably going to publish um, a kind of a, a series of all um, my notebooks. Well, well, excellent. Well, when you get when you get to that point, when it's published or self-published, let me know, and uh, we'll promote it here on Sick and Wrong. Definitely. Well, thanks for being on the show. Uh, you have a good night. Yeah. Well, thank you. You too. <laughs> So the weird thing about this girl is, and this is surprising, she's very attractive. Like, you think a girl who is a serial killer groupie, you know, probably lives alone. Like, did you see the girl, that uh, the, the woman, the journalist that married Richard Ramirez? She's exactly what you picture a murder groupie to look like. She's kind of overweight, spinster, sort of hideous. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think that most of them would have. I wouldn't think most women that are seeking serial killers or serial rapists that are serving life in prison or on death row. I wouldn't think that most of them would have would have really high self esteem. So it, I imagine most of them are a little frumpy. Yeah, like uh, that one was extremely frumpy. But this girl, Samantha Spiegel, do a, do a search for. Her. She's attractive. She's very attractive. That's why it just kind of surprises me that uh, that's her thing. Yeah. Um, but whatever, okay. it's interesting. Anyway, so. Steele, who do you think is the uh, the most attractive serial killer? Not a gay question, not in a gay way. I'm just saying, who do you think is the most attractive serial killer, in your opinion? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, the, the the stereotypical answer would have to be Ted Bundy. I mean, he was very uh, dashing. He looked a lot like JFK, very smooth, slick, dapper. Uh, well manicured, you know, was studying at law school or supposedly claimed he was. Uh, very GQ. Uh, I mean, he, what's that? Very GQ. That Ted Bundy. Yeah, he was very. You know, I, I think he would be some somebody who I think a lot of girls like him. You know, obviously some of these girls who love serial killers would like him nonetheless. But I think even obviously that's why a lot of girls fell for his his stuff is because they were attracted to the guy. So I think, I mean, just from a, 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 a stereotypical standpoint, I would have to say 
um, that that he would probably be at the top of the list uh, in terms of just pure attractiveness. Okay, but uh, in who fact, would... he could probably lure me into his love bug and uh, rape me and then leave me at the side of the road for death. So, so you're saying Ted Bundy is so Ted Bundy is the one who like you would like to light sparklers with. Uh, well, I think we'd see fireworks if we kissed. I think there'd be, I think there would be some chemistry there, yeah. But I, I see, I'm more into the, he wasn't, I mean, because attractive, you're just talking physical attractiveness, just or are you physical, talking I'm like... Not, I'm not saying like, I'm not, let's, let's discard the crimes that they committed or their thought process. Okay, yeah, because I'm, I'm a much bigger fan of gay serial killers. I like, I like the guys who commit a little ass rape and sodomy, and then they cut them up and stick them in the fucking... He didn't do anything wacky like that. He was just your, I mean, as far as serial killers go, he was pretty boring. He didn't do anything monstrous, uh, aside from killing... 50 people. Yeah, he just from heads that, in with like a log or something. Didn't he kill a bunch of women in a dorm room or something? Yeah, I mean, he did all this, you know, shit that you could write a fucking movie or a script about without even actually having it be reality. And, and you, if you follow, I mean, he's very boring, very, you know, as far as, like I said, as far as serial killers go, he was a lightweight. I mean, so you, you like, like the I kinky, said, like, the kinky serial killers? What's that? You like the kinky serial killers? Oh, I love the kinky one. My favorite, I mean, my favorite is uh, either Richard's, well, Richard Speck was more of a mass murderer, not a serial killer. In other words, he killed a whole bunch of nursing people at one time, and then he got a, a, a pair of silicone tits when he was in prison and became a transgender. He was fantastic. But I was a big fan. Obviously, John Wayne Gacy was one of my favorites, simply because he was a clown. Uh, he he trolled the streets of Chicago for young boys, uh, and then wound up burying him. In, I like the people also that like bury him in crawl spaces and basements, like where they stockpile him for years. And the police, like, there's an odor coming from. Where's that odor coming from, honey? Like the neighbors, they can smell the odor, but they have no idea what it is. It goes on for three years. You're going to find the bodies. It, it's fantastic. But yeah, Ted Ted Bundy's boring in the, in the grand scheme of things. But but he's probably physically the most beautiful serial killer. Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, uh, popular opinion would definitely go with Bundy as being the most. What about Dahmer? Dahmer was a good looking man. His hair looks very smooth. Yeah, he, he was a, a good looking man. Not not as good looking as God. I, I feel I feel like like here. I, I feel like I'm judging the Miss USA pageant. <laughs> like they should have a pageant like that, a swimsuit. You know, here's the swimsuit uh, edition where they walk out on stage in their swimsuit. Yeah, the, the talent portion would be awesome because the talent would be them killing people because uh, that is the talent of theirs. Uh, some of their talents are killing people. Others' talent is more in disposing of the body. Well, Gacy um, could do his ju- his juggling and clowning around. It's <laughs> <laughs> a change of pace. He actually has a talent. You're, you're right about it. And, and, hey, let's face it. Richard Ramirez looked like Edward James almost, so he could do an uh, yeah, almost yeah. impersonation. Well, I he bet could, he, he could, could play the mean with... air guitar, that guy. I, but I bet you Ramirez yeah. could paint, like, pentagrams in blood on the wall. Like, he could do a mural. Yeah. So, yeah, he could do that. No doubt about it. He was, in fact, didn't he do that? Wasn't that one of his signatures? That was one of the uh, things he did, yeah. He wrote, like, satanic yeah. messages, scrawled them in blood. And I, I, you got to love Charlie Manson. Again, he wasn't a serial Like, people think he's a serial killer. He wasn't a serial killer. You know what I mean? He was a. He didn't even it's kill. Cold, he never killed yeah. anybody. It was... Is is his followers? They're a cult leader. But you got to remember. I don't know if you guys remember growing up, watching every five years they would have they would televise Charlie Manson's parole hearings in California, and they were the most to this day it was the most entertaining <laughs> thing 
show that they've ever shown. They don't show that shit anymore. But there isn't anything that was more entertaining than that in the history of television. You ever. can find those on YouTube, though. A couple uh, yeah, court, I, his parole hearings. I, I watch them. I watch him on the shitter on my smartphone. Yeah, just his, his incoherent, like racist ramblings. It's it's great. It's it's no oh, it's, wonder why he was denied parole. Um, yeah, it's, it's it, he's a poetic genius. I mean, yeah. he is a wordsmith, and he's fantastic. You can't but, yeah, deny the really charisma. Anyway, uh, we we got to move on to some is that gay calls here. Uh, that was pretty gay. What we just that, did. Well, that just was pretty gay, that actually. Was, <laughs> that was a little bit gay. There's some gayness there. A little gaiety. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I guess it just makes sense that we're moving on. Um, we got a few phone calls. I, we've, we've got, we haven't done Is That Gay in a while. I think I've been saving up just to have Steel on the show. Um, but before we get to our I first call, <laughs> here's a word from our sponsor, Audible.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. With over 75,000 titles to choose from, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash diddle and get your free audiobook today. Every night with my star friends, we eat caviar. We, we got a few is that gay phone calls. People can call 206-666-3846 and you can ask us your uh, is that gay questions. I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but I think unicorns are kick-ass. Is that gay? I just watched my brother jerk off. Is that gay? I'm at the urinal and this guy's looking over the wall. Is that gay? I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but I think you've got a really nice ass. Uh, we do have a few good ones, so uh, let me get to the first one here. Here, here it is. Hi, D. Lance. This is Neil from the UK. Uh, hi, welcome. Got a question for you. Two questions. Uh, one scenario. So I was talking to my wife last night. And she told me a story about a friend of hers at uni would, to avoid rent, shit on a glass table with her landlords lying underneath it. And it made me think, would you do that to avoid paying rent forever? All you need to do is take a, a shit. Every month? But your landlord would customize it. You'd have to eat whatever he asked you to. Jesus. And... Is that gay? I'm thinking about it. Uh, if you're ever over in the UK, let me know. Get you, get you drunk, nice Scottish style. Go ahead, get you fucked up. Okay, the guy that just asked us whether or not we'd shit on a glass table for a dude, it wants to take us out drinking if we're ever in the, in the UK. What do you think they're wacky? Well, you better not get too drunk or you're going to be under that glass table <laughs> looking right up at his bare fucking limey ass. <laughs> so you know the term for this is glass bottom boat. I don't know if you guys know that. I did not. Oh, I've heard of that. Is that what that is? Is that is that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, that? it's not necessarily a homosexual. It could be a hetero or a homosexual act. It's just you, you, you're under a glass table watching someone's, you know, uh, rectum just squeeze out a turd onto the glass. It's but the glass is the person under the table a willing? Because I, I, I guess if it's two guys, like a guy taking shit on a table, and the guy goes under the table willingly to want to see that agape butthole dropping a, a, a load onto the table, I, I would think that 
I mean, it's a, it's a little bit, first of all, to me, if you're, if you're going to be that close to shit, fall, you might as well have the shit fall on and you get rid of the table. Because uh, you're, you're kind of pussing out at that point. you got a table between you. Ooh, so fucking scary. He's shitting on me. There's glass in between us. It's not going to hit me or anything, but oh, it's so scary. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's pussing out a little bit. But, but I would think if it's a willing thing, a guy like all excited about going under the table to watch his friend shit on his face, you know, theoretically. I think there might be a hint of fagness there, just a touch. So you think it's gay? But no, but... that's not the question. <laughs> I, I, the question? Agree, I agree with everything you said. But let's say your landlord, I mean, I know you own the dorm room, but let's say you rented right. the dorm room, and your landlord okay. said, hey, uh, you can either pay me rent this month, or if you don't want to pay me rent, uh, I'm going to get under this glass table, and you're going to get up on top of it and shit, and I'm going to look at your asshole. On the first of and every then you month. And you get to leave. That's it. After you shit, you can wipe yourself and get out, and you don't have to pay rent that month. Is oh, that well, gay to means, take that there's off? There's nothing gay about that. That's just trying to make a living. That's a, that's just stay. That's free rent for a month. Would you, you feel comfortable about doing that. it? Would you feel comfortable doing it? Would that? you do it? Would you do it to save you know, a 1000 bucks or whatever a month? Absolutely. I would do it to save 200 bucks. I would do it for my cell phone bill this month. If, if Verizon called me and said, hey, uh, you know, why don't you, you don't have to pay your 160 bucks this month for your data plan. The CEO you come down of Verizon, Verizon is going to come over to your place. <laughs> yeah, and they're going to get, if Verizon comes over to my place, says, hey, you got a glass table, let me sit under it, just squat over it and take a dump. You know, we want to look up your stint chamber when you're fucking free in the flames. Yeah, I'd do the it for C- sure. The CEO shows up in, in front of the dorm room in a limo. His <laughs> assistant, his bodyguard gets out, opens the door, he comes out, he's in three-piece suit and i'm gonna look in. down as i look as i look down between my legs when i'm emancipating my slaves out of my asshole under the glass table i'm gonna say can you hear me now can you hear me now? <laughs> i think it'd be a great driving commercial actually i think that would be a good commercial yeah. you know i don't know yeah. what, what do you think do you think it's gay to do that or do you think it's uh you know opportunistic me yeah no i don't think it's gay i mean there's no physical contact, and you're doing it for monetary gain. <laughs> yeah, but the guy, the guy's, you know, obviously masturbating, watching you do this. Oh, he is gay. I've established that. Well, yeah, yeah, that that the guy under the table, I think, has got a little definitely has uh, a yeah scat. Fetish. He's gay and perverse. Yeah, I mean, yeah, scat, maybe a little shit. gay tendencies. Certainly scat for sure. That's right, Dave. There's there's a scat fetish. There. As a as a Jewish man who is always on the hunt for a bargain, I don't think it's gay at all. I would, would definitely do it. Do it. I, I would do See, it. I think we all concur. We, we all concur. Yeah. I mean, well, well, why In not? Fact, I don't. I don't think giving a guy a hand job for a fucking three months rent is gay. You're, just, <laughs> might, you're, you're trying to get by at that point. I might be a little shit. You're, shy, you're straight at that point. You're you're fucking having to fucking hand somebody's cock. I mean, I mean, if you if, if you don't have any. Thing in the coffers or anything in the bank. I mean, in fact, you're just you're just doing what you got to do to survive at that point. Suck, yeah. uh, sucking it may be going a little far, but you know, <laughs> hand job, just hand job. I, I do think I would probably be a little shit shy. I don't know if I could shit, you know, knowing there's an audience. Well, it could be because I've never been in that predicament. I've wanted to pee on chicks before, and they've ran out in horror out of the dorm room when I've asked them that. Um, I've. I've wanted to pee on them, and be peed on. Like I wanted them to pee on me. That one, but I've never been scat. I, 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 that's not my thing. I like to watch it. It's funny as hell. But I mean, I, I, I'd be just, I'd be barfing if somebody shit on my belly. But yeah, I, uh, I don't know if I could shit either under the circumstances. But I'd sure, for fucking free rent, I'd sure give it a whirl. 
I'd yeah. stick my finger up there trying to pull it. Like if, I, if it was stuck in there and I was turtling, I, I'd jam a couple of digits up there and try to yank it. I'd do whatever I could to get even, even just a pump. nugget out of my head. <laughs> Drink well, a couple cups of coffee. Prime the pump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you said it. So there you go. I guess it's not gay to uh, shit on a table for your landlord. All right, here's, here's another. Actually, this next call, I think Steele has some personal experience here with this. Oh, Hi, I have an is that gay question. Okay, so a friend of mine, a male friend of mine and I went on a cruise together. Okay. Oh, I, that's pretty gay. First of all, this guy's voice. I think I can answer the question right now. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say just from a uh, yeah from the uh, if I was a vocal expert or a voice expert, I would say this guy is uh, might definitely be on the uh, the train to fag them. But, but well, you never know though. They might be. They might have taken the Motley cruise. You know, it's not a gay cruise at all. It's the Motley sure, cruise. Sure, cruise. they could be on one of those rock and roll cruises for you sure. Never know. For sure. I mean, I know what you're thinking. Is or that they could gay? be on the Rosie O'Donnell cruise. But you know, either way, <laughs> that's not what I'm going to ask. Uh, that's not my final question. So we're both straight, uh, and we we get on the ship. It looks like a nice ship. We go to the room, unlock the room, and we're both excited, like, dude, we're going to fuck so many chicks. We're going to get wasted. It's going to be awesome. And then we open the door and realize there's only one queen-sized bed. But, you know, we're both, we're both comfortable with our sexuality, so it's fine. And we lay down in this bed every night and sleep next to each other. Of course, we spend the night in uh, various ladies' rooms, as straight men do. So for, you know, roughly... 13 nights, it's a two-week cruise, we sleep next to each other. And on the 13th night, we find out that the beds actually come apart. And for the last night, we didn't separate the beds. Is that gay? So this is kind of like Brokeback Mountain at sea. You know, it, it sounds like it to me. Um, so, Steele, the reason I'm saying you had personal experience is, Wackley, you might recall, when we went to the podcast convention in Ontario, California. Well, that Steel, was just gay in and of itself. Yeah, that was gay. But Steele and Martin. Yeah, the, the podcast convention definitely gay. Well, Steele and Martin were sharing a room, and there were two separate beds in that room. However, one bed was specifically used just for masturbating, and you guys slept in the other bed. Did you remember that, Wackerly? I remember being told that one bed was the beat bed. (laughs) I don't remember this, but it sounds like it certainly is something that sounds like something we would probably do. Yeah. It sounds amazing. And I I know I I know I beat off a lot in LA when we were out there. I beat off every night. We were there two or three times a day. Um Especially, I, I never, other than Sunday, I never actually went to the convention. Mark used to go over there, and I know when he was at the convention, I jerked off several times. Uh, the but, beat bed. Uh, I, I do recall I, that. We may have had a beat bed, because I think we had two, did we have a king? 
we had a king and a, you know what? I think I slept on the, cause I'm, I have sleep apnea. So I actually, a lot of times will sit up in a chair sometimes <laughs> and sleep because it, it reduces my apnea because I, I refuse to wear the machine. But if I, like if I lay down, cause I always sleep on my back, like my throat closes. So I, my apnea is really, really bad. Do you have your so eyes open my, the whole time? Uh, Just sitting in I that wake chair. up, I, I probably do. I wake up at, supposedly in the sleep clinic or whatever. I woke up like five thousand times in the night. It's a ridiculous amount. But but there that that sounds like something we would do that we would designate a beat bed. So cause there's a problem with Martin. Uh, we used to go to like on trip, like me and a whole bunch of like him and Walraven charters and a whole bunch of like five or six of us used to sometimes go on trips to hockey games and shit like that and stay, you know, I'll grab a hotel room or whatever and just sleep on the floor or sleep, you know, just everybody, somebody gets a bed, somebody gets a floor, somebody gets a bed and we'd stockpile. This is back in our early twenties. And we have a bunch of people crammed into one room and Martin had a habit of just like jerking, like just, he'd just be sleeping. And also, you know, you wake up in the middle of sleep uh, the night to go take a piss and he's fucking beaten. And you're like fucking five feet away from like, People are five. Yeah, it's extremely gay. It's very gay. And so we used to wind up whipping shoes at his dick, like when he or where his hands was, because to stroke his dick, we'd like whip shoes or you know anything we could find in the room to get him to fucking stop, because you know there's a there's like there's a cushion there, like a buffer. You're not supposed to be within so many feet of another dude when jerking off, and he used to violate that rule. It's like violating heteronormative rules. Yeah, it's it's, it's a it's a cardinal sin. It's a cardinal sin. It's like the gay scene at the movie theater. So, so do you think the fact that these guys didn't separate the beds here on the last night when they realized that they could have is that gay? This is a tough one. Well, I guess it all depends on when they made that decision. Like, it, it was a, like, were they out partying all night? It was like three in the morning. They were both drunk off their ass. They stumble into their fucking quarters. And they go, oh, look, oh, the beds do pull apart. And they were just so drunk and too lazy to do it. Or did they fucking look at it and think, uh, oh, the beds do come apart. And they lovingly looked in each other's eyes and non-verbally, they knew their hearts and their minds were on the same page thinking, we don't want to separate these beds. We've grown close in these last 13 days. And we want to keep it that way so we can wake up next to each other, looking into each other's eyes and feeling each other's breath upon the nape of our neck. Oh, my God. I'm, I just pictured Martin's breath from his Washington's on my neck. And I'll never <laughs> see that, that would be uh, that would be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I, I, you know, he you know, when he met his wife, he ate his wife box out in the back of my Jeep. And I didn't know if the stink for the last the three weeks after that was his breath or her pussy. That's, that's <laughs> You know it's bad when you're questioning if that isn't the scent of a pussy. It could be somebody's breath. Could be someone's breath for three weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah no I, so I, have a, I have a huge problem with this story, and I don't know if I can articulate it, but I'm going to try. Sure. Regardless of if it's gay or not, you go on a cruise with a guy friend of yours, and you say you're going to fuck all these women, but you don't. You just no. keep getting drunk and you sleep in the queen bed. Right. That, that's what you, I would do. No chick wants to fuck me. Yeah. And. But maybe you are gay. <laughs> maybe you really are gay. And both of you don't want to admit it, but you're sleeping. And you go the whole cruise, and you're with this guy who you're gay for, but you don't admit it. You can't admit it. And you don't fuck each other, and it's the last night of the cruise, and you still haven't fucked each other, and you're still wondering if it's gay or not. 
Like, what if they really are gay, but they they just couldn't get up the courage to fuck each other, and they were on a cruise with each other the whole week? Isn't that just aggravating? Well, so you think, Lance, in your scenario, and I like where you're going with this, but do you think that? Do you think that they both have feelings for one another, and they they they've never really physically or verbally expressed it, but they were hoping that something would trans. They were both secretly hoping something would just naturally transpire. And neither of them would man up and just and just be like, "Look, I'm going to put my cock in your ass." How, how right. do you like so, that? Wackerly, you sound like you're frustrated with the sexual tension in the room. I'm frustrated with both of these guys, <laughs> gay or not, being huge pussies. Because if I was, well, I'm, D, if you well, were, if no you pussy and I went involved cruise, in this scenario. If you and I went on a cruise, D or Steel or all three, I would of us, get whatever, a cot. I'd get a roll away. I would get a cot if there was one bed. Yeah. I would sleep on the fucking floor, in the bathtub, in the chair. I wouldn't sleep in the queen bed with you. But if I was actually gay for you, <laughs> like maybe not the first night, but the second night, I'd be like, let's get really drunk tonight. No, really drunk. Right, and, and to the it would point where, where they lose their inhibitions. And then yeah. Wackerly would be like, get under that glass table. Because if they really are <laughs> yeah, gay, they just can't admit it, and they wasted a whole cruise and still didn't make it happen, like, fuck off. Well, <laughs> there is a point, you know, a cruise, I've never been on a cruise, but a cruise, a 13-day cruise is an awful long cruise. Like, like, it's it, like it almost, even if they were both completely hetero banging fucking five chicks a night, if you're spending... Because those rooms in the boats aren't that big on top of the fact that they're sleeping in the same bed. So you're, you're crammed in to a small space with another individual, in this case, two men. To me, after three days or four days of a, like a 13-day cruise where you're that close to one another every fucking night, there's something like beyond the, the, uh, the first couple of days wrong with that in and of itself. Like that's too long of a cruise where I, I think by the end of it, they would be gay. Even they, if they were straight. Yes, before. They would have yeah. developed feelings for one another. I they would have, that's what they happened to sailors. Well, right? that's what I guarantee. Like at the end of this cruise after when they, when they finally, or the last day, the last night there, you know, maybe they had a little buzz after drinking some white wine and, uh, they, they looked at the beds and like, Oh, these beds come apart. And I bet you they looked at each other, you know, made eye contact. and They're like, no secrets between sailors, and then kept the beds together. What stays on a sh- on a cruise ship, or what happens on a cruise ship stays, stays on, on a cruise, the cruise ship. ship. Yeah. So I'm saying this was pretty gay. The whole situation's gay. The gay cruise, the gay queen bed, the glass table. Well, when you have a queen, when the, anytime there's a queen involved, <laughs> there's usually something gay uh, going on in that, in that particular regard. It's a good but yeah, it, it, the whole story is just odd, and, and I would be. Because me, I wouldn't be able to, I, I can't even stand myself for 13 days straight. Like, being with somebody, like, just one friend, like, you don't have a group of people, so you, I would be Terrible. so annoyed after two days with one person, whoever it was, that I would probably sleep in the hall. I would probably get out of the room and sleep in the fucking hallway. I'd be I, so tired of whoever it was. I have this creepy image of Steele just on the chair, breathing through <laughs> his mouth, eyes wide open, watching you sleep. <laughs> Well, I can't. My eyes are so big, my lids don't close up. <laughs> you know, when you got eyes like Kermit the Frog, you can't always get the fucking uh, the the eyelids shut. But yeah, that's that's a disturbing stuff. Like I can't even like even when I've had girlfriends, like serious, and, and I don't like nowadays. I don't I don't have girlfriends. I, I I barely get laid, but like they're not considered girlfriends. They're considered just casual sex. But like I don't ever spend the night with it. Like a girl, I'll leave or they'll leave. When, when everything's over, which in some cases is 15 seconds after I go the pants down. But 
uh, because I can't even, I can't stand sleeping with a chick, let alone a dude. You know what I mean? Like I just can't stand being next to somebody. It's, <laughs> like he's it's, rubbing I, his hairy legs against each other themselves. And you're oh like, Oh my God. Uh, like, uh, Shut the, man the fuck feet. up or I'll break your neck. Yeah. That, that I tell is, you what, that is gay. It, if I had to sleep with this dude, he would be wearing socks. I would, he, there's no, he would not be having man feet in that close of proximity to me. I'd, I'd puke. I'd puke to bed. Well, I think you probably would sleep next to the subject of uh, this next call here. here. Here's our last is that gay call. No. Hey, uh, Dean Lance, this is, um, well, my name's Chris and I'm calling from Tucson, Arizona. I'm pretty sure I've called before, but, uh, I would call right now because this is the uh, drunk dial line or whatever. And obviously, as you can tell by my voice, I'm pretty drunk. Um, I had a a question. Um, it's actually involving, is it gay? So I, I pretty much listen to just uh, black metal, thrash metal. That, that's pretty much mostly the only thing that could gain my interest. But... Um, I discovered that my favorite song ever is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. I really dislike most Queen, but I mean, Freddie Mercury went fully gay, like right before he died. So I, I don't know. Queen's pretty, uh, pretty gay. So I, I have some doubts about that, but I thought you guys could help me out with that. Thank you. So he's wondering, is he gay because he listens to, or he likes Queen and Queen Bohemian Rhapsody is his favorite song. What do you think, Steele? Does Queen give you the gay bumps? Oh, I, I, I love Freddie Mercury. Queen was a great band. They had a lot of great great tunes, Fat Bottom Girls. I mean, I, I like Queen, but name Queen again. Queen comes into play. Anytime you got Queens involved, there's always a little gaiety involved. And Freddie Mercury, I like how he said right before he died, he became gay. <laughs> no, Freddie Mercury, that's why he had fucked Keith. He was sucking dicks since 1966. He just well, that's died. why he, he just, died of AIDS. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, exactly. He got AIDS, but like this guy in the phone call, well, he, he became gay just before he died. No, he didn't just become gay. The guy was sucking shaft. He was doing it for 40 years, and he fucking took a load and he had a fucking out, couple though. of AIDS in it, and a couple of AIDS cells, and fucking he swallowed some AIDS and fucking died of AIDS. But, uh, Same thing yeah, with Liberace. I, I what's that? Same thing with Liberace. Yeah, oh yeah, Liberace. Okay, he was a you know he was a queen. Liberace was a queen. Uh, he's the definition of queen. The old gay, you know, the old gay guard going after the young, youthful, vibrant young men. But uh, no, I don't find anything gay. I find a little gay likes the song Bohemian Rhapsody, which by the way he called Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, so he was a little drunk. But uh, I think of all their songs, that's maybe the the more operatic, like theatrical song. It's like going to a musical. That, that song's something that would come out of a, a, you know, a musical on Broadway or something. So that song in and of itself a little gay, but Queen, no, Queen's fantastic. Did Brian you, May, they have some great riffs. Steele, when you were, when you were a kid, I guess, you know, in like the seventies or whatever, and you, and you listened to Queen, uh, did, did you have any idea that Freddie Mercury was gay? Like, did you look at him and be like, Oh, that guy's totally gay. Look at that mustache. Or did you just, you know, it didn't even occur to you. 
Well, back then I listened to the village people and didn't realize they were gay. <laughs> you know, then you got a fucking Indian and a shirtless cop and everybody's got mustaches and, you know, you got a sailor right off the fucking naval boat. And I didn't, I thought they were straight. I thought they were cool. I want to be just like them. And here they are. They're fucking in a poop train every night, sucking each other's dicks, with gerbils in their ass the whole nine yards. So no, I, I don't think I realized who was gay. I'll tell you what I did know was gay. Me and Walraven, we're a huge Judas Priest. Still to this day, Judas Priest is probably one of my top one five of the best bands. bands ever. Yeah, yeah. And and we said in 1984, we would have been older. Like when I was listening to Queen uh, growing up, you know, it was around Sticks and all those other. We were I was listening to them on eight track. But when I got to junior high, you know, I was when I was started listening to Judas Priest, ACDC, and I was listening to that stuff on vinyl. And Warren and I looked at each other, and this came after uh, the movie. Um, Police Academy, when they went into the Blue Oyster Bar and everybody in there was a leather bear. We didn't know what the bear was then, but they were all hairy leather bears. And we looked at each other immediately and said, Rob, we said it right in the movie when we were watching it. We said, Helford's a fag. He's a fag. And, and he didn't come out until 25. He didn't admit or come out of the closet until 25 years later. But it turns out that, that we, were, we were dead on. We had our gaydar hit it on the spot. He was gay, and we knew that. 25 years before Alfred said anything about it. I mean, he wore so that didn't full know on. Was gay. He wore that like full on motorcycle leather daddy outfit on stage on like a on like a Harley or something. You know, he right. Covered. He used to. He still he rides his Harley out at the end of the night when they play Hellbent for Leather, which the song <laughs> Hellbent for Leather should be some sort of an indication that something's amiss here. Uh, but uh, but yeah, well, but you know, their music's still awesome. I love everything about him. I don't care. Incredible, he can take man. Like a, Dick in the poop shoot for all I care. His voice is one of the best voices of all time in any type of music. But yeah, Warriman and I, after we saw Police Academy and saw the leather bar scene in the Blue Oyster in the Blue Oyster Bar, we turned to each other immediately and said, "Helford's got to be gay. He's got to be gay." He's yeah, gotta, he, and it turns out he was. He's definitely gay. You know, Queen. Queen is one of my favorite bands. I love Queen. I don't think there's anything gay about listening to Queen. Freddie Mercury. Yeah, he's gay. But probably one of the best performers of all time. Oh, uh, Showman. He was absolutely, not to mention, like, another guy who had a great, powerful voice, a lot of range, different octaves he could hit. He was a fantastic front man for any band. And, and yeah, I, I have no problem with that. I, in fact, I have uh, several Queen, and yes, I still have CDs. I haven't upgraded to MP3 or any of this bullshit. But I have CDs. I listen to Queen every once in a while. It's fantastic. What, what do you think, Wackerly? I think that's the gayest of the Queen songs, and, and the it fact that he like he likes that one, but he doesn't like any of the other Queen songs. He's got it completely reversed. That's the sh- I hate that song. I like all the other Queen songs. There's nothing worse when you're at a bar and some asshole does karaoke to that song because it's like oh, a long God. song. It's like an eight minute song, and they're just, and they can't do it right. They don't do it justice. Yeah. It's uh you know what else yeah, about Freddie I hate Mercury? Karaoke in general, but yeah. yeah, but that song in particular. Did you know Freddie Mercury was an Indian? Native American? Or are you talking no, about like, Slurpee? Uh, no, he was Slurpee like Arrow, like Middle Eastern Indian? or something, right? Or I don't know. <laughs> I think he was either Indian or Pakistani, or I don't I think he was no Middle Eastern. Yeah, you're right. He was. He he had some. Uh, he was a brown person. He had when you he had when you some... look you look at the you look at the mustache and you think okay, but now put a turban on him and you're like oh yeah, he works at the Seven yeah. Eleven. God, well, I, right. yeah, I saw I, that on Behind the Music, I think. They said he grew up, He was a, his parents were from India or, I don't know, somewhere in the Middle East over there. And, yeah, he, he grew up, I think, going, I think his whole school career was in, like, Indian or Middle Eastern schools in the U.K. 
Yeah. And then he God. became a gay rock star. Gay rock, world, but more world famous gay rock star. Amazing rock star. So there you go, kid. Um, yeah, you're probably gay because you like Bohemian Rhapsody and you don't like the other Queen songs. So I think you should stop listening to that song and start listening to the other Queen songs and you won't be gay. Anyway, people, call the Sigurong Hotline with yours at Gay Questions at 206-666-3846. Um, we've been going on too long. We've got to get out of here. People, listen to the show on iTunes. You can subscribe to Sick and Wrong. You can comment. Leave us a rating. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, also, uh, get yourself a Sick and Wrong t-shirt. Um, you know, Steel, you should, uh, that, that'd be a good thing to wear to the uh, 4th of July fireworks. You'll probably attract oh, some I'm- sod busters in the Sick and Wrong tea. I'm sure that shirt is an absolute chick magnet. <laughs> Girls love but, guys that listen to podcasts. You got pictures of you two ugly fucks on it. You got your pictures on it? <laughs> no, no, we don't, but we should. Um, yeah, but we definitely should. Uh, people go to com slash store and get yourself a t-shirt. Uh, finally here, Sigurong Song of the Week. Uh, I'm going to dedicate this one to all those guys with mullets and beer guts and shitty tattoos and their wives and girlfriends with their C-section Lip-lop. scars. At the uh, mm. Bay City Fireworks. Night Rangers. <laughs> Night Rangers, oh. you can still rock in America. Well, rock oh, in America. Great you can tune. Still... And did they play that at the River Oh, yeah, Road? that's their closer. That's their. Uh, that's what they close the show with. They Right before that, they go Sister Christian. And then after that, they, they bring up out. the tempo a little bit and kick You Can Still Rock in America. Uh, does that song get you pumped up, though, for the fireworks? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I, they're great musically. I mean, they're, they're, they get a rap for being part of that hair metal, pop metal <clears> scene. But as far as the pop metal bands go, nobody did it better than they, Rangers. Musically, I mean, Brad Gillis kills it on the axe. I mean, they're, they're good musicians and fantastic. So, yeah, kick it up. <laughs> Kick it up with you. Can yeah, you're like a DJ America. for fucking some rock station in 1985. Yeah, we're gonna kick a little Night Ranger kick here. It up. <laughs> kick a little Ranger. So, uh, Steel, I you know I hope you're gonna have a good time there at the. Go get yourself a pocket full of sparklers for the uh, the the Bay City fireworks. I'm gonna be up all night making my annual red, white, and blue Jello mold for the barbecue tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I should make you one, Wackley. What do what are you doing? You get a barbecue? Is the white part. The white, well, the white's my own secret ingredient. I don't want to know. I, I, I don't want to know. <laughs> anyway, I can only imagine what the white part is made of. Anyway, Steel is good catching up. Thanks for being on the show. I'd like to thank uh, Samantha Spiegel for talking about uh, being a serial killer groupie. And uh, yeah, happy America Day, people. We'll be back next week. Till then, take it sleazy. Good night. <laughs>
Bottom Girls is a good uh, damn fine song. I love that Queen song. song. I love, that's straight. my favorite song from Queen. And I like Fat Bottom Girls too. So it's just a good song. Just I, look do, at the album cover. Yeah. Yeah. A, <laughs> well, a, you know, I live in the mecca of Fat Bottom Girls. You guys live in the mecca of the gays. Houghton Hill or Wackerly does up in the Bay Area, but I live in the mecca of Fat Bottom Girls. Bay City has got more Fat Bottom Girls per capita. Uh, than any place in the country. There's no question about that. And then this weekend, 4th of July, will prove that and prove my point to be true. The problem problem is they also have fat middle, fat top, fat legs, fat feet. They're just (laughs) fat. They got cankles. and and yeah, they're (laughs) just a fat bottom, it'd be great. I don't know if they're... I don't know if you guys know this, a little factoid about that song. Originally, it was just fat bottoms, and then he had to add girls. Really? Yeah, do you guys know that? No, are you no I, who forced him to add girl? Oh, they, that's the thing. It's like his record producer or whatever, the record label. It doesn't really oh, work well, with label. his fat bottom. It, it, no, the song sounds different, but initially it was just fat bottoms. Right. Yeah, well, I think you're lying. For once, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for once the label, usually labels and, and producers and stuff don't know what they got their the record companies got their heads up their ass, but in this particular case, they they, they made a good decision. <laughs> But do you think Freddie Mercury probably liked Fat Bottoms? I think he liked Fat Bottom Boys. No question about that. <laughs> fat, I think bottom he, he, I, <laughs> fat Bottom yeah. Earl. Fat Bottom Earl. He lets the rock and roll egg out. <laughs> I'm picture, when you say Earl, for some reason I pictured him liking somebody that looked like Vic Tabak who played Mel on Mel, or, uh, Alice. Mel Just some Maybe greasy, fat cook that's got a cigar hanging out of his mouth. You know, Freddie, Keep the apron uh, on. I know you're good friends with this guy, Earl, but uh, you, we, we got to change the song around a bit. <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't work. I don't see it having a uh, commercial success here if it's Fat Bottom Earl. 